Welcome to the Myelin and Melanin podcast with Dawn and Dana. We're just two women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. People can always find us online at myelinandmelanin.com, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin, and you could also subscribe to us on YouTube. So this is episode 37 the final episode in our three-part series, Beyond Mantel, Black Men and MS. Yes, and I am forever grateful to Carlos for, you know, taking time to record three different episodes with us um, and, and sharing his perspective about MS and, you know, his journey. Um, I won't say struggle, but because um, I don't want to put, put words in his mouth, but yes. definitely sharing his, I appreciate him sharing his journey with us. And, and his you know, story. Yeah, his story. Yes. And it's so important because, you know, although we, we love you, Montel, we want to hear your story too. It, there is more to what goes on than just Montel's story. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, don't you find that? that people just kind of focus on one person and then everyone else is kind of forgotten. That's how I feel sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, his story is important. Everybody has a story to tell, but when there's such little representation um, in the MS community, especially as it relates to black men, um, Montel becomes kind of like that, (laughs) the default ambassador of MS. (laughs) And we value and honor and respect his story, but um, this is just beyond Montel. Right, so, right. Yeah. And it it feels good, to be honest, it feels good to have a platform where we can highlight these voices that are underrepresented. I, mm-hmm. Our own voices are underrepresented. Definitely. You know? So, Definitely. Um, so yeah, it's it's just fascinating, and I'm really interested in diving into this conversation as well, and just kind of capping it off. Well, I don't know if it ever ends because it it continues, you know. But definitely, yeah, definitely. But in terms of like capping it off in our in our three part series, so yes, yeah, I'm I really, guess it's to be continued, right? To be continued, and I'm I'm happy to have him on many more times, you know, yes, after this. So definitely, yeah. So. It is our privilege to be joined again by artist and educator Carlos Kareem Wyndham. Carlos is a musician, writer, lecturer, and comedian with more than 30 years experience in group facilitation, community organizing, training, and advocating for social justice, racial equity, and community empowerment. Welcome back, Carlos. We are really excited to speak with you again and have you on the podcast. You are adding such flavor, uh, sugar and spice and all the things nice. So thank you. (laughs) Everyone loves you, Carlos. Everyone does, yes. I am sincerely happy to to be able to share this time. I mean, it's, you know, being part of this community in in any way, in any kind of adjunct way, Honestly, it's my treat and it's my pleasure. So thank you. Thank you. you. So yeah, there are a number of people that Mylan and Melanin follow and, you know, they follow us as well. And I absolutely love reading everyone's stories and different memes and Dana and I, well, she and I both love reading them, especially Miss Tripping on Air. She had this meme the other day that just like... I was like, wow, this is so awesome. It just hit the nail on the head for me and in so many ways. And both of us, we were talking about it and we just always like peruse her page. And um, she had this meme that just really struck out. And she said in the meme, um, let me, let me pull it up for you all. She said, I don't believe in always being grateful. Things aren't worse. However, Today, I will focus on being grateful for every slow, unsteady, awkward step I take. I can feel sad and scared tomorrow, but today, I'm going to think. I'm still walking, and isn't that amazing? Um, yeah, it, I just, I don't know. For some reason, that like really stirred things up in a, in a good way for yeah. me. Um, what, what do you think, Dana? Like, did you feel the same way? Like, 
this is powerful or something. There was a lot yeah. in that statement. A lot. Absolutely. Um, I personally get really irritated at the uh, idea of just being grateful that things aren't worse. Mm-hmm. Because they may, uh, this might be my worst. So, yeah, that bothers me. Right. And so that's the thing. But, the, you know, and then the idea of gratitude and, yeah, there's just a lot. But I think the thing that hit me the most um, in her caption was the idea that, um, first of all, it's important to be present. Yes. Because MS is such a an unpredictable, crazy mm-hmm. disease. You have to be in the moment. Yeah. Right. And that I think that's really the first thing that, that you, like you said, it is very deep, like a lot of layers in what she yes. said. It's as simple as it is and it's short and sweet. There's so many layers to what, what she had written. Um, I think living in the present moment is really what is necessary when you have you know, MS because of the unpredictability of, of everything, you know, like we were saying, you could go to bed one day feeling perfectly fine and wake up with, you know, blind or optic, you know, well, optic yeah. arthritis. Um, right. You know, like when I was uh, going through my first, you know, issues and first exacerbation, I remember leaving work, going home, getting something to eat. I was tired. And then I woke up the next morning, I was totally numb from like waist down. And then I had that Utoff's syndrome, I think, or whatever it. I don't know exact the exact. I think it's called no Laramide sign. I'm sorry, Laramide sign. That's when you lower your chin to your chest, and then you feel that electric shock sensation. Mm-hmm. I have, mm. Are you all familiar with that? Oh yeah, I, I've been okay. tested for it. I, I I've been fortunate so far. Okay. Yes. So it's yeah. Bizarre. Right. So I, I've I think I've learned throughout this 18, 19 year journey with. MS to really live in the present moment. And to be honest with you, if I can be honest with everyone, I have only learned that like this year or last year, really, like really just staying here, you know, being just being right here, being still and being grateful. And, you know, um, I don't know, just like happy where I am. Mm. I don't, does that make sense? What do you think, Carla? I, I don't know, Carla. Carlos, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? I, I, I think one of the things that, that, that I really appreciate about anybody, right, who would be willing to expose themselves uh, along this journey, especially when they're in a place of vulnerability, um, is, is that, Right. It takes that level of, of bravery, of authenticity, these things that we were talking about the last time. Yes. To, to even get to that level of deciding, okay, I'm taking a picture with my IV, I'm taking a picture in my walker, in my bed, whatever the circumstance may be. Mm-hmm. And because we're all, right, at, at, at some level, in this soup, those of us who are in the community of invisible disabilities, but in particular uh, with MS, right? And we understand, as you said, you have no idea what tomorrow may bring, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right now, and I'll say for the past three hours, feeling highly energized and feeling really, really good, and I'm surprised because I had spent most of the day and most of the morning between my bed and my chair. And you never know what, what you know, tomorrow is going to be. And so I definitely hear the expressed parts that are very real of, of being thankful for the moments that we have because we have to. Right. And we talked about that a little bit before. Right. You're here. This is it. There is no other choice. There's no better weather to choose from. This is what you have today. So celebrate what you do have. Right. And recognize that, because if we have anything, we can make something of it. Right. right? If we have anything at all, we can make something of it. And that is absolutely true. And that is central. And 
I, for myself, know that as as you were saying, I think Dana about about feeling in a deficit model around the the phraseology at the beginning of the meme. Mm-hmm. Um, while I I hear that, and I agree for myself, yes, I also have a hesitation around analyzing or letting myself spin off of the analysis, right, of somebody else's experience of their moment that they're having Mm -hmm. on their journey, right? Because there's no part of the complicated layers that were spoken about that I don't relate to. Mm -hmm. And the ones that I want to shut down are the ones that, for me, I'm mostly scared of. Do you know what I mean? That moment of fear. I don't want to feel the fear, right? I don't want to feel the deficit model. Mm-hmm. But do you guys so, so think if I'm sorry to interrupt you? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Do you think that it forces you to like it, meaning having MS, the diagnosis, do you think it forces you to be present? Like for somebody who's, who has no clue what that means, like, do you think that it you have to like step into some sort of different consciousness or something? Like, does it really, I don't know. I, don't I think know. It, I think it gives you an opportunity. I don't think it forces you. Okay. Right. I, there are people I, who don't. Yeah. I don't know. That's I true. totally agree because you know, as I think, I mean, having MS for fifteen years this year. Um, Happy anniversary! I, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, I think that the idea of just really being conscious of being present is something that I started to develop only maybe within the past four or five years. Mm. Right. You know, I t- you take for granted the, I don't even want to say abilities because it's not necessarily that. You take for granted the reality that you're in in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it isn't until you start to lose your, ability to do normal and i hate that word Mm -hmm. uh, the things that you're accustomed to Mm -hmm. that you really start to appreciate what you had Mm -hmm. and that's like a very depressing thing you know what i mean to sit back and think about you know what you were doing two years ago that you're no longer able to do right you know what i mean yeah like it's a and i think that if you adopt the mindset of being present um, in the moment, you kind of, I don't know. But, you know, it's hard, you know, it's really hard. So I can relate like four or five years. I, like I said, mine is just recent. Yeah. You know, uh, especially for someone who's, always thinking ahead, you know, planning ahead. It's like, no, I have to do this. This is what's what's going to mm-hmm. happen, you know. And I think what the issue is with many people, I, I could speak for myself, is like the feeling of losing control. And so yeah. that is what didn't allow me to be in the present moment because I don't have control. Mm. I don't know if that's like, you know, making sense or not, but it, the lack of control, like I can't control what my body's going to do tomorrow. So that scared me, you know, and it's speaking to what you were saying, Carlos, about the fear. Um, so let, let me ask you then, when you're feeling that way, right? And we all do. Everybody reaches that existential moment mm-hmm. of realizing that we're all standing, you know, on the, on the, on the verge of the abyss of the immortal coil. And, and certainly we have a, a bird's eye view on occasion. Um, in those moments, right? What is it that you, what is the story that you find yourself telling yourself about what you're seeing? Wow. Wow. I, I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's been a lie, if I can be a hundred percent honest. Okay. What do you What do you mean? I have, like, in terms of what I can do physically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I tell myself that 
I, for example, I just moved. Oh, I can pack up. I can pack my boxes and move it myself. I can go up and down these stairs and put everything aside and do it myself. I don't need any help. I, I, I had a couple of people offer. I was like, no, I'm good. But my pride gets in the way mm-hmm. I, because I'm trying to prove something to myself. And I think I'm trying to prove something to the MS mm-hmm. and say, you know what? F- fuck you. I can do this. Because I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, like you, Carlos, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling pretty pretty strong right now. So it's like, oh, I can do it. So I guess to answer your question would be like I've, I've kind of, I don't know, I, I hide behind that lie saying that I can knowing that I can't. But I still push myself even more because going back to our previous conversation, I still live in a denial state sometimes as much as I know, I still go, I resort back to that. Hmm. I, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Here, yeah. You know, hearing you talk, Don, you know, I'm thinking back on our conversation, you know, the last episode about, you know, acceptance and the idea of resistance, which we brought up mm-hmm. and, you know, questioning if resistance is actually a prettier way to talk about denial. Mm -hmm. And is that denial, Dawn? You know, the fact that you're telling yourself, yeah, I can do this. I can pack this up. I'm going to, you know, drive X amount of hours and be fine. Is that you resisting MS or is that you just in denial that I just can't do this anymore? But you know what I mean? Like, you know, who are you really trying to prove something to? I I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I, I just, I don't know what to say. I mean. Well, I mean, oh, that yeah. does, that. so that question resonates with me because of exactly that thing, right? Because I do, that. that is my pattern, right? And has always been my pattern of trying, you know, again, understanding that we are a people who work twice as hard for half as much right mm. and and you know in in the case of women and femmes for less than that for a, a third as much um, that as I find myself, in the circumstances of the days where I feel unencumbered, I will, as you, Dawn, put on too much on my plate as though I am not disabled. Mm-hmm. And I'll function through that day. Mm-hmm. Yesterday is a prime example, and that's why I was so tired today, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll get through it. You know, I'll get to the end of the day even. And, okay, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, yep, I am way more tired than normally I would be right now. I'm going to sleep. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I got it. And the reality that I wonder about, and I don't know, I don't know. But I do wonder about the wellness factor, right? And whether or not there is a a risk that we're coming that we're putting ourselves up against. Do you know what I'm saying? In ter- mm-hmm. because I'm starting to think about it in the same way as 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 somebody who is a former marathon runner at this point, and I'm having to get comfortable saying it that way, right? Mm -hmm. Is that there is a wear and tear on the body when you subject the body to the greatest of expectations and tolls. And so at this point, if the greatest of expectations and tolls is that I'm setting a barometer for myself. If I'm setting a, 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 a goal of achievement, a level of achievement for myself around things that can happen in a day by looking at, at, at even hypothetically the schedule of the rock, 
and going, yeah, I'm going to have a day like that today. I'm just going to jam all these things. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Right. For me, the question I have to ask myself then is, based on a day like today of recovery, am I the player who still has that much in me to do that, or am I risking my ability to keep in the game by pushing that hard on those days And do I need to begin to consider what it means to regulate that kind of a a schedule and that kind of taxation on my body, on my spirit, on my soul differently? Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't know what the answer is, but the reason that the existential question comes up for me around that is that my answer is, well, yeah, okay, so we don't have that much time. So let's etch our names into the fabric of the earth. Mm. You know, on the days I feel great, I'm, I'm trying to do that. But I don't, I don't right. know if it's wise. I don't know. I don't know. When when do you surrender or do you ever surrender and just say, you know what? I, I, I can't. I certainly do. When my body's like, no, <laughs> we're not doing it. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, today was the, was a perfect example. I was, I was uh, very comfortably, you know, not, I wasn't in pain and I, I, knew that if I pushed myself, I could get to that place again. I started feeling my glands were swelling, I'm going to say, two, three days ago, right? Uh, I started feeling a little bit of a throbbing in one of my eyes right around then. So I think that's around the time that I will listen very closely to my body in terms of, okay, if you need to take an extra nap, if you need to sit down a little longer, if you need to sleep four extra hours, make sure to do it. Because I do know that it's going to get worse if I don't. And I, I don't want right. to flare. So, I, you know, I'll back off of the pedal a little bit at, the, at those times. And I've also, you know, when I, especially when I was employed for somebody, been in those circumstances where that's not a choice. You don't get to take your foot off the pedal. That's a, that's a, that's a thing of privilege. Right. That's right. Right. That's the thing of privilege, especially trying to explain that to an employer about an invisible disability. Like, mm, we know that, what that is. Yeah. That's how do you say that? I'm too tired to do it. I can't. Mm-hmm. You Did, know, that, mm-hmm. that's interesting because, you, you know, as Carlos was talking, I'm thinking about what you said, Don, you know, about your move and, you know, packing everything up and doing it alone. And, you know, you talked about the fact that you were, you know, who are you trying to prove that you could do this to? Were you trying to prove it to yourself? But who are we trying to prove these things to? Is it to society? You know what I mean? Because when you have, when you have MS and if your disability is still invisible, it's almost not acceptable for you to say, I'm too tired. I can't do this right? because you look so good. You look so normal. So why can't you do it? You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost as if, you know, we tell ourselves that I, I'm just doing this to prove it to myself. But is that really the case? You it's, know what I mean? It, it's, it may be both. But, you know, we, you and I, Dana and I, Carlos, in previous episodes talked about grieving the the former self. So I'm sure you grieve the former marathon runner. And so at times there are parts of me that do want to, you know, say screw you. I am I'm going to prove it to you because I I'm proving this to you because I'm mourning my my former self. And so I want to resort back to who that was just for a moment, even if it's 5 minutes, 5 hours, 5 days. Well, I mean, um, go fuck yourself is, is, has been a motivating factor in my life. Right. It, so <laughs> it's right. It's not different for MS and it's not, it's not from a place of, 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 of being or wanting to be cruel. Right. It's from a place of who are you to tell me that I have a limitation. Right. And mm-hmm. in this case, much as with time, right? I mean, it's not, it's, it's, there's no discussion to be had, 
MS tells you when you have the limitation. You're taking the nap now, right now. You know what I mean? Right. You you you're going to bed this week. That's what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? And it's not. There's no discussion to be had. Right. The discussion is: Do you want to make it worse or not? Right. You know, it's almost as if you have to learn to work with MS. That's just the reality. Because if you push yourself too hard, MS is going to show you who's really in control. Mm. You know, there comes a point when you have no choice but to surrender and realize and learn to accept the fact that, you know, I just can't do this. I'll give you an example. And it's like kind of a tangent, but I'm thinking about my, I'm still, for listeners, I'm still in inpatient rehab. I've been here for a month now. I uh, get to leave at the end of the week. But um, so when I'm doing OT and PT, taking a rest is really important. And it's something that I don't naturally do. So if we're doing, you know, some exercise or some task, I'm very motivated to work and try to get the most that I can out of, you know, these therapy sessions. So, you know, I'll do whatever task we're doing will be done. And I want to immediately start and, you know, do it again. And the therapists are very conscious about, no, let's take a two minute Mm. break before we start Mm. again. And, that and as simple and weird as it sounds like that is something that was difficult for me to um get into the habit of doing Mm -hmm. taking a break and i think that that for a lot of people we don't do that well for a lot of black folks we don't do that for a lot of black folks that's not a lot of people white people relax are you kidding me no, yeah. White you're folks right. chill. Yeah. The doctors tell white folks chill. They just chill, and and not you all to a person. But yeah. I'm saying, you know, there's certainly class variance within that demographic. But there's not a class variant that gets to exist on whether or not black folks believe, and 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 I think then take into action and make concrete this reality of hustle culture and you always gotta be on the grind. And I don't think that we're the ones who made it up. No. Yep. You're that, right. That was really, de- you know, as I really think about that, my therapists here, and usually I think all of my therapists and all of the years that I've, you know, done some sort of therapy have been white. And, and, you know, and as I think about it is so, you know, and taking a break is very, and I know, especially when we're dealing with a disease like MS, you have to pace yourself. You have to, otherwise the MS is going to rebel against you. That's just a fact. Um, That being said, to me, taking a break is not natural because I always have had to be on my grind you know what i'm saying like that's the reality so that i mean i never thought about it like that carlos that that's just the reality of our lives as well and that's the whole thing about the 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 disability to white movement and i wish i could remember off the top of my head the sister's name and of course i'm going to look it up because shame on me because it's her movement but um (laughs) And because I'm Hashtag, at, I know, yeah, and because, because I'm at, so I apologize, but I will get there <laughs> and I won't forget. Uh, but because, uh, oh damn it! See now I did it. Ah, I lost the whole thread. I'm gonna look her up. I do not know what I was saying though. Okay, you, Dana, you were saying that we are always, always, oh, 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 oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because. Right. Uh, I'll remember now the historical context. Right. And that's one of the things that is reality that we've had to deal with is trying to be a historical every time for black folks. We start talking about these levels of success that we're going to attain. If we're doing that in the absence 
of a class, of a race, of a gender analysis, then we're at some point doing it a contextual, right? And this idea that we always have to be on our grind, the reason that that is born into those who have been the tools of labor is self-evident in the reason that we came to this country by mass, mm. right? And I'm not That's talking right. about in the, yes. in the pre-Columbian yep. era, and we have been here, okay? But I'm right. talking about those who were brought here from 1619 forward, specifically for the purpose of free labor. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when we think about all of the laws that have been created around all black bodies, African presenting phenotype bodies, as a direct consequence of that economic uh, 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 system, and that we have always been by force, by terror, put into a circumstance where we have been made to work ourselves to death time yes. and time again in circumstance after circumstance. We just watched two of the best ballers on this earth work themselves out of being able to do it any longer. Yes. Right? Yes. Wasn't it just five years ago we watched one of these young men jump into the air and break his own leg with his muscles from jumping? Oh, you know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? There isn't. A, so right. Look at Serena's back on the court today, training again. Yes. Mm -hmm. Training in Wimbledon again. Injury plagued for a year, they say. This is a grown woman who is 30 odd years old. What are, what, what, there is, there's no way that we could not be the most skilled athletes. We're going to work hardest, right? There's no way that we're not going to be the Oprah's and these innovators. We're going to work hardest, but that doesn't mean, and this is the question at this point, right? That that's necessarily, and the question that I'm facing that that's necessarily the healthiest because that pacing is real. How do right. we do that? Right. How do we do that? Because yes, I, I, I want for the projects I'm involved with to be able to flourish. I want for the people I touch in community for the people that I, uh, that, that my voice means anything to, I, to, to expand that, to, to reach other people and, you're absolutely right. We're up against a balance, right? And we're up against time. But without considering that context, that's where I can easily get lost and forget that I have to take care of myself in order to get that done. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And that it is doing and, work against yeah. white supremacy to relax. And that makes it feel good. Right. It's like yeah. taking a shit at work. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, this is great. I, I'm getting paid. <laughs> You know, fuck you. I've been paid for. I don't need to get up today. I'm sitting in my chair. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. And setting those boundaries. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so, I love this. I absolutely love this. It, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I mean, right. <laughs> because it's like ingrained in us and i wonder if other i'm sure other people of color who have ms feel the same way like we just push and push and don't think about you know stopping you know right. and and like like i i don't even know and that's what i'm saying that was my whole point like i didn't know how to be in the present moment because i'm like trying to prove something and then I don't know how to just sit because I just right. know how to go. I just know how to do. I just know how to say, okay, I'll keep doing it. You know, and I right. can hear the exhaustion in your voice, honestly, Dana, when you're like, oh, okay, this is my schedule. And I could definitely yeah. hear it. And I'm like, okay, is she going to take a break? Are they going to give her a chance to do that? And I was hoping that you would speak up and say, I just can't do it anymore. And like, I get it. I understand their goal, but you got to take a break somewhere did you ever take breaks carlos when you were working uh after yes death? yeah no i i disclosed and and i uh continued to do that 
uh, through the entire time I was there. And I, and to be perfectly honest, that was one of the things that my, my workplace, but in particular, my colleagues were, uh, extremely, extremely good about, um, understanding that, you know, if I told them, you know, because the exhaustion days that I would still have to work through or still have to do a training or still have to do a meeting to be able to say, okay, I'm underwater today. So somebody's going to have to pick me up. And honestly, I can't do more than like, you know, drop me off. I'm going to say the training words. And then I got to leave as soon as I'm done with my part because I got to go to bed. Right. Um, They were also Mm -hmm. extremely gracious about me being able to call in uh, to the point that that we had a, a, a running Charlie's Angels gag. And one of my nicknames became Bosley because I would be on the phone so often. Um, you know, and, and, and that's what it took, but we looked at that as accommodation. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. and it's because I disclosed and again, you know, when it's invisible disclosure is coming out and is vulnerability. Yeah. And so yeah. there's yeah. a requisite there before I forget, because I'm not going to disability to white hashtag disability to white is Melissa Thompson on uh twitter uh she is fierce she's a warrior mm-hmm. uh and and that is uh her hashtag her movement and something that has helped me uh along with y'all uh and the uh the spoonie chat hashtag that i spoke to before uh been absolutely instrumental mm-hmm. in me finding a community where i i felt safe enough to be this vulnerable you know and we appreciate that because I'm sitting here just kind of melting. I'm like, ah, oh, I love talking to, you know, someone other than a female that will be completely open and like not afraid to say, yeah, I've been scared. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm listening to my body. I mean, that is so, it's like, I don't know, refreshing. It's, it's too light of a word, but that's the only thing, thing I can think of right at the moment. So yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I just love that you're so open. And like, I don't know. I I don't know where you get your strength because I would be so fearful, you know, like of saying anything. And in the first few years of my diagnosis, I, oh, yeah. I never wanted to say anything. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Honestly, I mean, so it's one of the, one of the things that it, it, it gives me the opportunity. Thank you. And, and, and. I think one of the things that I was reflecting on after our, our previous conversations, because I had listened back and, and I know that part of the goal of the series was to hear from a, a masculine perspective, right? Yes. And I'm glad that I'm able to offer that piece of it. And I also, because it is my identity and because I've been in the process of coming out, and because I think it speaks to exactly what you're talking about in terms of the ability to find that vulnerability, um, is that I also identify as non-binary, right? And so mm-hmm. for me, um, that means that my pronouns are he, they, right? So I do answer the mm-hmm. they and them as well as he and him. And part of that is that I have been having to face very serious questions in the face of the exposure of how broad and insipid toxic masculinity has been in the destruction of the lives of the people who I've cared about most and who have always welcomed me into their fold, right? specifically women, femmes, the queer community, the theater kids, all the weirdos, all of my favorites, right? The places I'm most comfortable. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. the rejection and the common force of uh, lack of uh, incorporation, that each of us, collectively has felt has been in part, if not in whole, because of the requirements 
and the violence associated with the patriarchy, including with the definition and the requirements of what it is to be called a man, and in particular within the African-American community and the black community, broader black community, black American community. Because again, who set these standards of what masculinity are for us, Yes. right? Because if you look yes. at us in our fullest expressions in our indigenous cultures globally, black folk and black mask and femme people don't have these wild divisions of presentation and of being mm-hmm. and of task and of life that that is that is that is a, a product of this very particular brand of settler colonialist capitalism and if I'm going to reject that for my health, then that also means having to explore and having to reject the forces of the patriarchy that have been put upon me, including the unearned and undeserved privileges that are associated with it. Okay. Yeah. I I just had, and, you know... It's this is a tangent, but as you were talking, Carlos, I'm just thinking about the name of this series, so Beyond nah. Montel, <laughs> Black Men and MS, and specifically Montel. And again, Montel, we love you, you know, with no disrespect <laughs> in me saying this, but Montel is like, wasn't yes. he a Marine? Yeah, like Montel is very much the masculine man you know what i mean the stereotypical masculine man that's right so yes definitely and so if montel is the standard at to which black men with ms should you know compare themselves it erases an entire i mean i think you guys know what i'm getting Mm -hmm. at yes like and it truly is, and I thank you for this, Carlos, truly is beyond Montel. It is. Because Carlos's voice is not a voice that we're going to be privileged to hear. That's right. As it relates to the MS story. Because you know it, what I mean? it goes back to what you were saying just a few moments ago. Who are you trying to prove? To society, what are you trying to prove to society? Who who right. are you who are you doing this for? And the face of MS for men has been Montel. And my and opinion, the rejection right. and the rejection right. of prior. And it's like, what are we doing? Exactly. What are we doing? Because exactly. to me, right? I mean, and especially knowing, especially living in a body that's impacted. I know what it means for him to have been sitting on that couch with Carson slurring through those interviews and telling Mm -hmm. jokes about how his body won't respond to his thoughts, right? And exposing that, right? I mean, and, and again, not to lionize him for his lived behaviors and the vulnerability that he brought to the table, even in talking about his foul, foul life and the ways that he treated people in his life and the ways that he accounted for that, right? That is still a sign of bravery to me and something that I hold on to when I look at Richard Pryor's entire, the body of his life. This is an introspective person. And the hangups around masculinity that Montel has are around the fucks to give. And and that push through, push through, drink yes. vegetable juice, just do it. I'm going to keep moving. Like, <laughs> God, well, yeah, I guess. No, I mean. It's horrible. Yeah, I, anyway. everything you're saying is yes. like so on point because the image that we get is he's this tough guy 
And he's going on, you know, on TV giving these interviews. And it's like, well, this is how I battle it here. Let me tell you my regimen. And it's like, okay, number one, financially, a lot of people can't afford to do that. That's like number one. And number two, a lot of us don't have the background that you have. And we aren't, you know, fortunate enough to, you know, be able to like, get the supplements, get to have the trainers and do what, whatever. Like, it's just, it's so frustrating. And then. Or live that level of regimented life. He does what works for him. He was a regimented person. He's a person right. of regiment. Exactly. He was a but, Marine. Right. But, and the, of course he broke right. like and, a Marine. But the thing about it and why that is so dangerous is because that is the voice of black MS. Yes. Black male MS. Yes. Montel. You know what yes. I'm saying? And it's gross because it's not a war with MS. I'm not at war yes, with my MS. Right. I'm not exactly. doing that. I'm not doing that. That's I'm not right. going to battle right. it. Like and you that's said, who, who are you fighting? Me. The hashtag exactly. MS warrior. Who are right. you fighting? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. It's me. It's not going yep. anywhere. I am it. This is well, it. That- I am MS. I am black. I am mask. I am non-binary. I am, I am heterosexual. Right. I'm all these mm-hmm. things. And the thing is, you know, Don, you were just saying, you know, and it's the truth. Not everyone has the resources and money to do all the things that Montel is doing to quote unquote battle his MS. But frankly, I might not want to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't want to do that. You know, like, I I don't have to do that. And if Montel is like this, um, you know, the standard of black male MS, like what you should aspire to. And his is the only voice that's out there. Um, I don't know. That's dangerous to me. It really shows us why representation matters. Yes. It's, it's irresponsible. And I would feel, I personally would feel irresponsible if we did not use this platform to highlight men like Carlos or people who have something to say of substance to say, look, no, I am, you know, to use our beyond MS, but I am beyond <laughs> Montel beyond MS, but I'm beyond Montel. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and it, and, and more than voices, more than me, right. It's, it's about that. There's again, we, yes, are, a spectrum, yes. we are a full ecosystem of humans and a range of humans and every human, every body is beautiful because it is what it is. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And many of us have ailments and many of us have this one. And that is part of what makes us beautiful because we are privy to special shit that other people don't know anything about. Yeah. Right? Who who, who are you going to have this conversation with? You can't talk about this with people who don't have MS. Mm -hmm. This wouldn't even make sense. I mean, you know, I don't know. People are listen and i hope maybe it makes sense and 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 great okay but then but then that's tangential right because the conversation couldn't happen if it's not happening between people who share again a cultural common experience and it's a culture born of what so many paint as a misfortune and certainly it's a pain Mm. in the ass and certainly it hurts a lot sometimes nobody Mm. likes that piece of it right but would I don't know that I would be willing to say that I would trade that for the opportunity to have had this kind of a conversation with y'all. I don't know that I would trade that. This has been like, yeah. It, yeah, it's been fantastic. And I think that this, you know, we went kind of all over the place, which I absolutely love. And I think this was the perfect final episode of the series. Me too. I mean, Yeah. Yeah, wow. we have to. I'm just so grateful to have been invited. I, honestly, thank you both so much for for your your thank you. trust and for welcoming your home, opening your home, uh, and for welcoming me in my full display of multiple scleroses <laughs> uh, with all the mylar on display. Not remembering any. <laughs> Of the words associated with my very serious diagnosis. So, Carlos, we are going to do what is non-traditional and get down on our knees and ask you, 
Will you be our occasional myelin and melanin guest? Oh my goodness. I, I would be absolutely honored. <laughs> I would be absolutely honored. That's that's a trip. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. Yes. yes. It has been wonderful. And again, I love both of you dearly. And I love the fact that we can be vulnerable with each other and vulner vulnerable with the world. And um, again, like I said, speaking our truths and creating our own narratives. Um, I love that. So with that being said, Carlos, would you mind telling us where can people find you online and... Uh, you know, talk to you. Uh, yeah, no, well, generally in very short order, uh, the easiest way to find me online will just be uh, using my full name, Carlos Kareem Wyndham. I'm trying to say that without accents on the words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, that will be .com. Uh, I can be found that way on uh, currently on Facebook, uh, I will be back and active there uh, <laughs> July 8th. Uh, my, my sentence ends. I'm currently on Twitter at El Caballo Negrito. That's E-L-C-A-B-A-L-L-O-N-E-G-R-I-T-O. And on uh, Instagram at Caballo Negrito. Same as El Caballo Negrito without the L. And that's on uh, Instagram. Fabulous. Thank you for tuning in to Myelin and Melanin. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Myelin Melanin. We also have a YouTube channel, so definitely look us up and we will be with you next time. Thank you. You know yes. what? Uh, my MS haven't asked did that backwards. El Negrito on Oh, I'm so embarrassed. El Caballo Negrito on uh, on Instagram, just Caballo Negrito on Twitter, because 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 I'm because I'm yeah. because I'm yes yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mama, <laughs> thank you everyone. We will talk to you soon. <laughs>